Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello and welcome to Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. Um, trying a new intro out there. We'll, we'll play with that moving forward. Um, Anyway, this is Ask Wildman. We are here to answer your questions about um, business, technology, marketing, uh, anything else you want to ask about. Uh, me and my team over at Wildman Web Solutions are going to try to answer any and all questions you put up here. So um, tune in every Wednesday at 11 o'clock. We're going to be live streaming and answering those questions. Uh, you can throw any questions you have into the comments here on this video. Um, or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll try to get to everything. Let's see, with me here today, I have my partner in crime, Mike Hanna. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Miles. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm on, a, on pot two of coffee again, so... We're off to a good start on everything. Did a one million cups this morning in Lawrence, our first virtual one, uh, one million cups for Lawrence. So that was really exciting and prepping for next week where I'll be presenting for Wildman Web Solutions at One Million Cups Manhattan. So Manhattan yeah. friends, tune in for that. That's going to be fun. Um, and you were over there in uh, Topeka. What was that? That was just last week. That was last just Wednesday. last week. Yeah. And, we're uh, that was a lot of fun too. <laughs> making the rounds in Kansas. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Topeka was my first uh, presentation virtually, so that was weird, but also kind of fun. Uh, I think it worked out pretty well. People there seemed to seem to like it all right. Um, so looking forward to doing that again next week at 1MC Manhattan. Uh, in the meantime, we've got a couple of questions here. Um, hopefully get some more coming in here into our uh, our inbox and comments. Uh, like I said earlier, if you have any questions, just throw them in the comments below or email us. I'll throw that email right up here. Ask Wildman at wildmanweb.com. I think we're going to get going here. Uh, first comment in already. Uh, already. Hello, Jeff. Best way to leverage and expand social presence and constant contact to build sales. Hey, it's Jeff Fry. Good morning, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Well, cool, Jeff, yeah. we're actually planning on talking a little bit about, as we did receive a couple of questions about, um, you know, integrating different technologies and starting to put together marketing automations. We've got a lot of people using. Uh, systems like Constant Contact, MailChimp for uh, email marketing, uh, a couple of different CRMs for managing different contacts, and of course, social media, um, both organic posts and uh, actual paid advertising campaigns on social media, trying to plug that all together. So uh, great question there. Uh, yeah. Mike, do you want to give a shot? Sure thing. So 
Uh, best way to leverage and expand social presence, we'll, we'll take that part first. Uh, you know, the best way is to put out good content uh, on your social platforms. Of course, pick which social platforms you think are going to be best for your audience. You don't, you don't need to be on all of them, uh, but be on as many as you can do well. And, uh, it, and obviously, you know, if, if you're talking uh, about B2B, uh, we are big fans of, of LinkedIn. Uh, if you're talking about B2C, well, usually it's Facebook and Instagram are going to be the most popular choices uh, for the platform. But that's the first step is uh, figure out what kind of platform we're going to be working with. And then you got to get to know a little bit about that platform. You got to, you know, you got to talk to the dog in the language of the dog. So if, if you pick uh, Instagram, for example, well, that means you're going to have to have a whole lot of vi uh, video and photography content. Uh, if you're doing something like LinkedIn, maybe not as much. And so that's going to that's going to dictate, I guess, your next step, which is going to be what is going to be our medium, what's going to be our content pillar. And then you want to create that content pillar, uh, whether it's video, you know, so you could do something like a live stream like we're doing right here. And what basically the idea of a content pillar is you're going to do one main piece of content that then you're going to chop up, you're going to edit, you're going to recycle, if you will, into many different pieces of content that will be able to be contextualized for each of the individual platforms. So uh, second step is you got to find a way to get that content pillar started. And then the third step is distributing that content. And uh, that is going to be volume is going to be your friend there. You know, you want to create as much content as you can, and then you want to find a way to retarget that content or, you know, it, to put it in your words or your question to leverage that audience. Uh, and the best thing you want to do is you want to give a whole lot up front. You know, you want to give a lot of value. Uh, and then you want to ask uh, for, you know, that quote unquote sale or whatever your, your end conversion is. Uh, in terms of constant contact, that is a, for those who don't know, that is an email marketing tool. Uh, one of the most popular ones out there. It's a great tool. Uh, I use it myself. And uh, the best way to leverage that is, of course, in anything you guys, anything we're doing, no matter what our business is, we want to always try to be procuring uh, emails from our clients and more importantly, our prospective clients and adding those into our email list. And then it's the same idea It's uh, that we talked about before. It's just your content pillar in that instance is either going to be your email list itself, your email content, or you're going to be taking something from your main content pillar and repurposing that into your email marketing campaign. But uh, one way that you could make, you know, these things kind of go hand in hand is you could take that email list that you're using in constant contact and hopefully building up each and every week more and more. And you could create custom audiences in Facebook, uh, which is a huge weapon. Uh, basically what that is, is you can target specific people on your email list, not just people who like this or who do this, but specific people from your email list, that would be what is called a custom audience. And then from that, you can create lookalike audiences, which basically Facebook takes the algorithm of all the demographics of your custom audience, and it creates a lookalike audience based on what uh, those people do think, feel, <laughs> and uh, are interested in. And, but it targets people who are not in your list. They just look like your list. And that's why it's called a lookalike audience. So that's something that is, uh, you know, a, a really great way to take what you're doing in constant contact and leverage it on social media. Uh, something that we've been doing 
for a client uh, here recently, we've been helping them out is setting up an automation system. So all of this stuff is automated and talks to each other in a sense. And so that's another way that you can really get a lot of bang for your buck. Uh, there's a whole lot of different programs out there and different CRMs, but uh, a lot of people, no matter what they use as their CRM, they're using uh, something called Zapier. Uh, and that's a program that makes all these things basically talk to each other. And so what we're doing uh, with this specific client there, it's a lead gen campaign. And we're going to write a lead gen campaign on Facebook. And we are going to tie that directly into a CRM uh, using Zapier and, and his end his end using CRM. So everything is going to talk to each other. The Facebook lead is going to go directly into his um, customer management system. And that's going to let his sales team follow up with it. And then it's also going to talk to constant contact. We can add a chat bot in there, you know, if he wants uh, another layer of pre-qualification on the leads that are coming in uh, and all of that can sync and be automated. And so that's a real, real important step for a small organization that doesn't have a marketing team, can't uh, hire a full-time marketing agency to do these kind of things for them. And they want a seamless way to procure new leads and get them to their sales team as quick as possible that are qualified, vetted, uh, good leads for their sales team to spend their time on. And so, uh, Jeff, if you have a follow-up question to that, go right ahead. But um, there, there's my initial answer for you. Appreciate yeah. you asking the question. I'd like to add a little bit to that um, that automation point there. Um, as a software developer myself, I think that one of the best things, one of the most powerful things that different pieces of software can do is talk to each other. Um, so I think that you'll find any piece of software that you're using, whether it's a CRM or your financial system or your billing software um, or your social media, uh, there's, there's probably a way built in there to talk to other systems. Uh, it's just a matter of finding it. So, um, I mean, I know all of our internal systems, I prioritize uh, building out different ways, different integrations and other ways for them to work within other systems. Um, but most big products are going to have some way of tying into something somewhere. Uh, so check your support desk, call in um, and ask them questions, figure out where that is, figure out what integrations you have. Um, and then secondarily, um, it's really easy for people to kind of fall into the trap of using way too many tools. There's a tool for this, there's a tool for this, they all talk to each other, and then you get this crazy, complicated, intricate web of software and other tools um, it's easy to get lost get overwhelmed and even lose communications throughout that system so um, do a little bit of research up front figure out which one's right for you pick your set of software so that they don't overlap and then stick with those tools until you've mastered them once you've mastered those you can start to branch out maybe test some other things play with some other new toys uh, but you know keep it simple is my my mm -hmm. suggestion there uh, we do actually have a follow-up from Jeff. Recommendation for CRMs. Um, I'll take that. Uh, so I think that it's probably best to go industry-specific. Um, there's a lot of different CRMs out there. Um, and for those of you who don't know, CRM is just a uh, what is it, customer relationship management software. Um, I believe it's the acronym, but it's basically a way to manage all of your different contacts, all of your different customers, potential customers, leads, um, if you have any information on them, phone numbers, email, contacts, 
what products and services they're using or interested in, uh, notes on them, whatever it is. Um, so there's a lot of industry-specific CRMs out there. So if you are um, working in politics, there's one for that. If you're working in financial institution, there's one for that. If you're working in uh, a marketing agency like ours, there's, there's one for that. Um, so I'd suggest looking for one that is specific to your industry um, because storing information for all of your clients sounds like something that might be uh, very simple, but actually different industries need to uh, collect different information about clients and there's different restrictions and requirements based on um, you know, what you need and how you can collect those things. Uh, so finding one that is specific to your industry is probably going to be uh, the best solution. There are some really good big ones out there, you know, HubSpot or something like that that's meant to be the one-size-fits-all solution. Um, so that can be a, a good option for, you know, someone that doesn't have something specifically for them. Uh, but if you can find something that's just in your industry, that's most likely going to be best for you. Looks like you got a shout out there, Miles, from the chiropractic element. So, hello, <laughs> hello, chiropractic element. Yeah, Dr. Abby and Audra. Hello, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and if you haven't already, everyone out there, um, follow us at Wildman Web. Toss that up here. Uh, and again, if you have any questions, we're here to answer those questions. Toss them in the comments here, or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. We're up here every week, Wednesday at 11, answering your questions, business, technology, marketing. If you just want to ask us how our days are, we'll, we'll try to answer anything and everything you can have. Uh, trying to move on past marketing automation. What do we have here? Let's do this. Um, staying in the marketing realm, um, we've had a couple people asking us, um, you know, they can't necessarily sell their products normally. Um, maybe they're completely shut down, but they don't want to completely stop what they're doing. They don't want to stop their marketing. Um, and they definitely don't want to be quiet online. Uh, so they're, they've kind of started to migrate over into more uh, brand type marketing, starting to just tell a story there. Um, I know we've been talking to a lot of people about that, uh, but Mike, did you want to talk a little bit about, you know, just how to tell your story through marketing rather than just making a sale? Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of funny because I usually uh, disparage people who, you know, their marketing messages, we've been here since 1946 and we're family owned and blah, 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 you know, who cares? Uh, but, you know, this is actually one of those times where it is the time to tell your, your origin story. It is the time to tell, you know, why you're in business uh, and, you know, and how proud you are uh, to serve your community, how you serve your community. Uh, in, in that this is a time when you can take a step back and, and really tell that those, those stories. Um, you know, the, the focus, uh, obviously of any stories, we got to start with the audience and we got to reverse engineer it. Uh, it can't just be self-serving, you know, which is why I disparage, uh, sometimes when people that that's their entire message is, oh, I've been here a long time. Look at me. Uh, and that doesn't do anything for the audience. It doesn't, uh, doesn't tell me anything that I need, uh, or it's not going to solve any of my problems. 
And so even when we are telling our, our stories now, we still want to keep that in mind kind of as our North Star is what is the audience going to get out of this? What kind of value am I going to bring them uh, with my story? And, uh, and I think also, you know, really relating it to the community at large is a, is a, is a, is a thing that you have to be doing right now, just, you know, given how sensitive uh, the times are. But, um, you know, one thing we always want to do is uh, have a place to, you know, a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a story that we tell all at once. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of telling little bits of stories and then kind of leaving a cliffhanger here or there, or talking about uh, the same idea, but putting it through three different funnels, if you will, three different lenses, you know, the mother, father, daughter um, mechanism or the mother, father, father, son mechanism, where you're telling the exact same story, but you're telling it through the eyes of a different character in each instance. And that's a way that you can uh, have an audience relate to what you're saying a little bit better instead of talking about it in first person or third person, uh, put it in that second person and talk about it through, you know, either the eyes of your customer uh, or the eyes of your employee. Uh, one thing that I've been really pushing with some of our clients lately in terms of telling their stories is telling the stories about their employees, uh, who they are, what they do in the community, what they do outside of work. Uh, and really kind of adding another level to who these people are that has nothing to do with sales. And, uh, you know, I, I, we even, we had a, a restaurant, uh, client a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they took this advice or not. Uh, but you know, I, I came up with the idea of, Hey, name a special after, uh, some of your employees, you know, instead of the, the burger special being the Wednesday night burger special, you know, why isn't it the Ralph? And Ralph is your kitchen manager who's been there for five years and who has two kids. And so it's a kid's burger, you know, uh, combo or something like that. Uh, and adding another level uh, to what you're selling and tying it back into who your people are and why you're selling these things. You know, you're, you're selling these things because you want to keep your employees going and you want to, you know, uh, have great products and services for the community as well. Uh, but that's a way to uh, kind of flesh out, I guess, who you are in a time where uh, it makes a lot of sense to do that. Because, you know, even if you don't have anything to sell right now, uh, I would still be doing that. And so, I don't know, Miles, we could ramble all day about telling stories. But do you want me just to talk about specifically telling stories in this climate or telling stories in general? Where, where do you want me to... I mean, I guess the, the context we've been getting it has been just within this climate right now. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, looking like we're kind of coming out the other end of this, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, at least into some type of new normal. Maybe we should address uh, this in a little bit more of a general capacity than we've been receiving this question. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that that is a good point. You know, I guess now things are shifting a little bit. Um, you know, depending on what industry you're in, uh, some people are, are completely open up uh, and, and back to, I won't say normal, but, you know, back to trying to do trying to do it as normal as possible. And so in that instance, I think that we need to be telling the story of, you know, how we're evolving our business in terms of uh, the new safety precautions, you know, especially if we're in a retail or a restaurant space, 
uh, I'd be telling my story focused on, well, again, you can even relate this back to your employees again uh, and telling the story in the sense of these are the steps that we're taking not only to protect you, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, but protect Ralph, our kitchen manager, and, and all the other beloved employees that we have. Uh, you know, we've, we've been discussing this, I know, a lot with, uh, with our clients, and we've been seeing it pop up uh, with our clients and just with uh, other instances already in, in Lawrence specifically of the consumers are demanding certain things in terms of safety, in terms of people wearing masks, in terms of uh, social distancing. And when they see a business not doing that, they're taking, the, they're taking that online and they're trashing the business. Uh, and so I would be proactive with that and I would get out ahead of it. Uh, now, of course, you know, like I think we talked a little bit about marketing bridge stuff last week. Uh, your marketing bridge has to be solid and you can't tell people that you're taking all these precautions and then they walk in there and nobody is social distancing and no one's wearing masks and da 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 da. So you gotta, you gotta back it up. You gotta talk the talk and walk the walk. Uh, but I would definitely have proactive content out there telling the story about what we're doing uh, to ensure safety uh, as we open things back up for sure. Uh, but I still think uh, this is a time to take that step back and tell that origin story and tell the story behind the story uh, and show why we're doing this uh, rather than, you know, going right back into sales mode. I know that's going to be an easy trap for us to get into. Uh, because we got to make sales right now, you know, especially uh, if we've been closed for you know, six, seven weeks. Uh, but this is still the time, I think, to really brand. Uh, and I would also uh, not discount, you know, some people, they don't want to take the time and effort to, uh, to, to craft a story. Okay, great. Then just document. Just document what, what you've been doing. Show behind the scenes. Show the struggles of man, we don't know if we're going to be able to do this or that because of X, Y, and Z that every single business is going through right now. And uh, obviously you don't want to share, you know, super private uh, stuff, but I think that there's plenty of, of things out there that every business is going through right now that your audience would uh, keen some interest and maybe even gain a little education uh, from seeing or hearing from you about uh, what it is that you're going through. And, and again, tying that back into the why and why are we doing this uh, for the community, for our customers, but also for our employees? Well, I think we got another question that might tie into this a little bit. Um, okay. Asking about selling an intangible versus a physical product. What's the difference? Um, and you know, I'll mm -hmm. let you jump in on this as well, but it was just making me think about it while you were talking about telling your story. It's one of the biggest pro uh, differences between marketing those two different types of projects, I would think, um, is is the messaging around it, where a physical product, you have to show the product, say this is this is what it is, this is why you want to use it, this is why it's better than the other mm -hmm. similar products. It's all very product focused versus an intangible product is a little bit more like telling a story of saying, here's why you want this, Here you, here's why you want to put your money towards this intangible thing. Um, it's the difference between buying a product and buying a story. 100%. And that's a great question. Um, Jeff Fry, another great question from Jeff Fry. Uh, well, you know, that makes me think of the, uh, the old saying, telling isn't selling. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Uh, 
but th- that that's exactly what it, it makes me think of you know even telling the best story is not a great way to sell uh it's a limiting way to sell uh the best the way to do it is to show um now that also makes me think of my creative writing teacher in high school because uh he used to always circle things and say this is telling not showing uh, and so obviously, if you have a physical product, you want to show that product. And more importantly, you want to get it into the customer's hands as soon as possible and have them using that product. You know, the reason that a, a, a car dealer wants you to take a test drive is because uh, possession is 99 tenths of the law, right? If, if you start driving that car, you start having an emotional attachment to it. You start visioning yourself in it. And it makes it much easier to, to close the deal. Uh, with an intangible product, you have to show uh, in your storytelling. And so that means you have to be more descriptive. You have to use examples. You have to reverse engineer what you're selling and what, that, what the end user actually wants. You know, uh, if I'm selling... Um, just looking, looking behind me, you know, if I'm selling a bookshelf, I'm not actually selling a bookshelf. I'm selling a place for people to put things so they can easily find them. Right. And so that's the story that I'm going to be telling. I'm not going to be telling them how great my bookshelf is. And it's only, you know, 20% lower than the bookshelf guy across the street. Da, 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 da. That's telling that's not selling. Um, so I don't know. We're, we're getting off the marketing track and into the selling track here, but uh, this is, this is a, uh, fun for me and I'd, ha- I'd be happy to expand on that. But does that uh, answer your question, Jeff, or did I take your question completely out of context there? While we're looking at that, um, we did get one okay. other follow-up question on uh, email content asking how often we should send oh. out email content. Um, I missed that one. You I see it. Yeah. Okay. So on that one, unfortunately, there's probably not just a one size fits all of you should send out this many emails per this unit of time. It's definitely going to vary from business to business, industry to industry, um, and from person to person, depending on what kind of content you're putting out there. Um, I would say, first off, uh, make sure to send something to them right after they sign up for something, whether that's a a welcome or a hello or a thank you for signing up or something. Uh, So make sure to start off quick so they get that email as soon as they've signed up. Um, after that, it's a little bit of a testing game. Um, make sure to, to provide what you've promised on that. So if you said that you're providing updates on your business or on a campaign or something that you're doing, make sure that you're providing updates when those updates come out. So that's a pretty easy timeline to follow. Uh, if you said that you're going to provide tips in your industry, um, then make sure that you're, you're really doing that, not just jumping directly into trying to sell them something. Uh, so whatever you said on there to get them to sign up for this, make sure that you're being true to that, you're being authentic to that. Um, and then it's going to be a little bit of trial and error after that most of the time. Uh, you know, you can try sending out something once a day, once a week, whatever your cadence is going to be. Um, and uh, if if people start ups- unsubscribing like crazy, you know you've gone too far uh, because, uh, you know, spammy emails or too many emails are definitely the number one reason that people uh, unsubscribe from email marketing campaigns. Um, so give it a little bit of a try, maybe start off a little bit reserved and ramp it up as you move on. 
Um, as soon as you start to see people fall away or lose interest, you start to see those metrics going down, your click-through rate, your open rate. Hopefully you're using something that's given you those metrics, first of all. Um, as soon as you see those things start to fall, then maybe uh, one of the first things to try is to adjust that cadence. And also, it's not really, uh, you shouldn't just be looking at how often you're sending stuff out. Um, you should also be looking at when you're sending it. So do a little bit of testing of sending stuff out during the week, over the weekend, middle of the day, sending stuff out at 5 p.m., middle of the night, whatever it is. Um, but that time of day, time of week is also part of your cadence and part of the schedule that you should be testing. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to add on that? Uh, I think you, you hit a lot of it. You know, I'll, I'll just expand it to content in general. Uh, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think you can ever have too much until you get to, um, uh, the spam level and you're losing followers or unsubscribed or people are just telling you to shut the hell up, <laughs> you know, uh, Lord knows I've experienced all three of those. Uh, so I, I know what I'm talking about, but, uh, the, uh, you know, the, then we have to figure out, okay, well, why would somebody do that? Right. Why would too much be too much? And it goes back to uh, what we were talking about a little bit before, uh, you know, is my content bringing value? Am I giving them something that is going to educate them? It's going to inform them or it's going to entertain them. Or am I just asking them for something, right? Because if I'm just asking for something, well, that's going to get real old real quick, even if it's something I may want, you know, you, uh, so, you know, put it in that perspective. Am I giving more than I'm asking for? Well, if I'm doing that, then do as much as you can uh, would, would be my, my response uh, because you never know which piece of content, you know, is going to break through, which piece is going to be the time where they're like, aha, uh -huh, yes, I do need this. Um, you know, it, it, the, old, uh, the old adage, it takes seven no's to get a yes is right. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not a lie. Uh, and so you got to get those no's out of the way but you have to do it in a way that is is not bombarding them it's not spammy uh you know they don't feel like you're taking advantage of them since they gave you they opted in you know uh to receive your comment whether by liking your page or, or subscribing to an email list or or whatever you know when somebody does that they're they're granting you permission so we have to be respectful of that and always thinking you know hey am i am i given three to one am i given five to one am i given ten to one value compared to asking them uh, to monetize my audience, basically. Uh, and mm -hmm. if we're doing that, you know, then I, I think volume is actually the answer. Uh, and, and like Miles said, you know, test it. Um, and if you, if you, if you, you know, get a negative reaction, uh, okay, dial it back, but just don't dial it back, tweak what you're doing in, in, in general, you know, would, would be my suggestion and then try to ramp it back up and, and see if that works. Right. So provide value, be authentic and keep track of your metrics. Those things are going to inform you as to uh, where you need to move, what's working and what might need some improvement. Mm -hmm. So for anyone out there just joining, uh, this is Ask Wildman with Wildman Web Solutions. My name is Miles Bassett. I've got Mike Hanna with me here. Uh, we're answering any and all questions regarding business, technology, marketing, et cetera. Um, 
just trying to be a resource for our community in this hard time. So if you have any questions uh, regarding any of that, or you just want to stop by and say hello, uh, throw your comments uh, below here on this video, or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, we'll try to hit your question in the next show because we are doing this weekly every Wednesday at 11. Uh, have this live stream and try to answer your questions. Um, so we've come across this question in a couple of different forms over the last couple of weeks um, because we've been working with a lot of people that maybe aren't used to having an online uh, an online presence at all. I know we've uh, we've been working with two clients just in the last two days that are going from zero starting from zero they really had nothing um, all the way up to you know getting social media pages put together and a brand new website put together for them um, a couple of people are really starting from scratch with with new logos and company names and everything um, so that can be really intimidating to a lot of people it can be a very daunting thing so i just wanted to talk about that for for a little bit um, we're just calling this new project butterflies. Uh, getting going <laughs> on these kinds of things can uh, really freak people out um, and uh, hinder the project as a whole. Makes it take longer and stresses you out. Um, you know, we always work to try to provide um, products and services to make your life easier, not to make things harder. Uh, but these projects can be really stressful for people. Um, so my notes on that would be. Uh, First of all, perfection is the enemy of progress. You don't have to be perfect on doing this, especially if it's your first time establishing an online presence for your business, or if you're taking significant steps in uh, in your business online, like putting up a new website or um, you know just starting to get into the social media game. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect, so uh, don't stress too much about it. These are all living documents. Uh, websites can always be updated and changed. Uh, your, your social media can always be updated. Um, so just be yourself, put out uh, your best content, make your best effort and move on. Uh, if you sit there spinning on the same projects, that they're sitting, spinning on the same um, thought, you're just going to end up ruminating and stressing and never getting anywhere. Uh, second point on that is really just baby steps. Um, these projects can be really large and daunting if you look at them as a whole, but if you just take it day by day, step by step, um, they're actually relatively easy for you to, to figure out, especially if you're working with someone um, that's hopefully helping you along the way. Um, or if you have a, a local agency willing to answer your questions in a Facebook live stream just by chance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look at this thing step by step. If you're making a new website, um, start by looking at other websites you like and figure out maybe why you like one and you don't like another. Um, if you're just doing some content on that website or if you're trying to create a Facebook post, just focus on that one post or on that one section and write something up. Uh, maybe pass it by a couple of people and get some edits or get their thoughts on it. It doesn't all have to be you. Um, and that kind of brings me to my last note on it. Um, and that is there are people out there to help. There are resources. There are a million people that have done this before you, and there'll be a million people to do this after you. Find them, find them online, uh, find them in your, your social media circles, uh, find them in your friends. 
uh, you would be surprised as to uh, how helpful just the people in your little friend circle can be uh, in setting up something like this and tackling a project like this. Um, so again, everything doesn't have to be perfect. Don't stress out about it. Uh, baby steps and use the resources around you. Use your friends. Ask questions. Those are my tips on that. Uh, Mike, do you have anything you wanted to add? Well, I, I have a quick story. Um, I was talking oh to my boy, son. Mike's story. <laughs> I was talking to my son yesterday, who's uh, 13, going on 14 here, and he's starting a YouTube channel uh, about sports, has hot sports takes, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's he's got his first episode in the can. It's like 12 and a half minutes long or something. And, you know, he's been he's been uploading it, you know, for three days. Right. And I keep saying, you know, when's it going to be published? When's it going to be published? Uh, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to upload it. Da, 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 da. He's just he's full of shit. Right. And so I called him on it yesterday and I said, I said, you're scared. You're right. You're scared to publish this thing. And I said, remember when you used to be scared to dive in the diving board? And he would for years. He was scared to do a dive off the diving board, right? And then he finally did it at the end of one summer. And after that, he looked at me and he said, well, that was easy. Why haven't I been doing that the whole time? And he's, you just got to jump, man. You know, and, and I think that a lot of people, whether it's, it's a big new project, like an app or a website, or especially with content, uh, especially getting something started content-wise, uh, they overthink it and, and then they get those butterflies, not only, you know, in their stomach, but in their, in their mind, uh, more importantly. And, uh, they put up mental barriers, uh, that doesn't allow them to create or doesn't allow them to create, uh, on the level that they should be. And after they jump in, they figure out the water's okay. It didn't kill them. And they remember they learn how to swim and they're just fine. And they can go do it again and again and again and again. Uh, and so that's just the little uh, story analogy that that I would add to that is uh, a lot of times you just got to stop thinking and just jump uh, and you'll you'll figure it out as you go. Um, because, yeah, if you don't, you'll never know. That's all I had on that. I think we have another question here. Uh, um, yeah, I think we oh. have Jeff trying to okay. give us a hint here. <laughs> I am done listening to you guys. Uh, those of you just listening, live videos. Jeff well, is asking about the time length of Facebook Live. Yeah, videos. that that, and to tell you the truth, that's actually I actually got that question from somebody else this week. So let's let's address that. Um, long story short, uh, with Facebook Live. Uh, not not posting a video on Facebook, but Facebook Live longer is actually better. Uh, and let's back up for a second. Uh, Facebook Live, the that he says no, that is a question. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't giving us a hint to knock it off. Okay, that's good. Uh, Facebook Live is going to be the king of the algorithm in terms of what Facebook is going to promote uh, in their algorithm. And of course, we're just talking about organic posts right now. Uh, we're not talking about paid ads. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, video is going to be second. Well, actually, probably stories is probably going to be second. Uh, and then video and then a picture 
and then text, you know, kind of in descending order there in terms of what you're going to get the most, uh, most boost from, from the algorithm. So the longer that you do your Facebook live video, Facebook actually likes that and it wants you to do it longer. And so it's going to boost that more in the algorithm and it's going to give more people the chance to come in. You know, a lot of times if you're doing a long, we've been going 42 minutes or something here, uh, you know, you're doing a long form video, people are going to come in and out, in and out, in and out. And so it allows people to do that. Hopefully you'll get more engagement that way. And the more comments, which you've been doing a great job of today, Jeff, uh, and likes and things like that that you get will also boost you in the algorithm. And so obviously the longer that you do it, uh, the more that it, you're going to have a chance to do that. And then hopefully more people will be able to see it. Um, you know, you don't need to go on forever, uh, but, you know, long for our live stream. Yeah, it, but it is a format that it wants you to be long form. Uh, now, the other nice thing about doing it a little bit longer is we've talked about that content pillar idea before, is that if this is one of your main content pillars, well, obviously, if you have a nice long piece of regular content, you can edit that down, repurpose some of that content, and then put it out on Instagram or LinkedIn or create a blog about it or da-da-da-da-da. Um, maybe you rip the audio and create a podcast, you know, and so uh, that would be an advantage also of, of doing them longer. Uh, but yeah, for, for non-live videos, uh, really kind of one to three minutes is that sweet spot. Uh, but in, in anything that you do, you know, you want to have some sort of hook, you know, you want to have a hook at the beginning uh, that, uh, you know, if people do jump on the live stream right away, uh, and then you want to kind of, you know, be able to provide value uh, for that sustainable amount of time uh, that you're doing it. And, uh, you know, if you're unable to provide value um, and you're just kind of filling, which, you know, maybe we've been guilty of ourselves in the past. Well, then maybe it's going too long, I'd say. Yeah. Great question, though. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff, for all the, the awesome questions today. Uh, for everyone else, if you have any questions, um, toss them down in the, the comments below. We'll try to address them. We are doing this every week. So uh, if you mm -hmm. miss us here, make sure to tune in next Wednesday, 11 mm -hmm. o'clock. We'll be streaming live with Ask Wildman. Yep. Uh, you can also email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, and we'll try to get to your questions there as well. And Miles, I got a client call coming up. So I probably got about uh, three, five more minutes here. So if anybody has uh, some questions, fire them away. Just FYI there. <laughs> All right. I just, I just realized work. what time it was. We have work to do. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> We're just going to sit here and hang out on, on Facebook all day. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll just take a minute here and address the uh, banner going across the bottom of our screen here. Um, as part of our initiatives for the COVID app, uh, epidemic. We are handing out a bunch of free software. We're doing a bunch of free consultations, putting up stuff like this and really trying to be a resource for our community, putting out good information and helping small businesses um, get online, improve their online presence, um, and otherwise take a hold of their business online. Um, one of the things that we're doing here is our free local business online toolkit initiative. Um, that is a toolkit of uh, subscription-based software that we were offering before this. Um, these are just sort of free versions of 
uh, a lot of the things that we were offering to our clients before. Um, this helps you manage your reviews online, manage social media profiles, a ton of analytic tools on there for your website, social uh, posting, and for any marketing you have out there for social media marketing and search engine marketing. Um, as well, just a, just a bunch of uh, free resources and articles that we've put out there and learning how to do some of this stuff yourself. So if you're interested in that, again, it's free, no strings attached. Uh, go to wildmanweb.com slash L-B-O-T. That's for the Local Business Online Toolkit. Jeff, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's that's about it. Then um, our, yeah. our questions are going downhill. So I'm going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you very much, Mike, for your time. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. see you again next Wednesday at eleven o'clock with Ask Wildman. Um, Thanks, everybody, and to all you business owners out there, stay positive. Keep your chin up. We're going to get through all this, and we're uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Time starting to peek through. I can see it from here. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. That is it from us at Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, check in next week at uh, 11 o'clock for Ask Wildman. In the meantime, again, uh, shoot us your questions via email, and we'll try to get to them. And uh, we'll, we'll see you all then. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.